The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. happening welcome to the under corner podcast my name is nick pollock and i am without alex fast as believe it or not a squirrel has eaten through the wires of his internet i am i'm not making this one up that is the situation and i am so lucky because the wonderful miles nelson is here today to talk about my labor draft that i had on sunday at first pitch florida miles how you doing thanks so much for being here what is up? I got to do my best uh, Alex Fast uh, impersonation. And that was horrible because he brings so much more energy than that. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, that's just what happens when a squirrel chews through your Internet wires. Now, I, I couldn't believe listen, it. Nick, I, I, I understand some things are are too magical to be believed. And, and you know, maybe that is what really happened. But let, we both know the truth here. Uh, he went to the Sloan Sports analytics conference and you just can't have that he went to a cooler conference this weekend than you did uh so you gotta, wow. you gotta okay you can't story. say that whatsoever uh he'll be the first to tell you that he wishes he hung out with the baseball H crew, q crew and of course everybody else there much more fun but no he did a fantastic job of presenting on uh, finger pressure um and this incredible study that he's doing with driveline uh, there will be more updates on that, and I'll give him the floor uh, I'll, uh, next time he's on here to do that. But I, uh, but yeah, I had this labor draft, and I had this wonderful weekend, and uh, that's what the plan is today. Yeah, listen, I know you want to get to this labor draft, but you did something amazing this weekend too. A Alex can talk all he wants about finger pressure and driveline and, and the future <laughs> of of analytics, but you also are pushing pitching analytics forward uh, and presented on it uh, this weekend at First Pitch Florida. Um, how was your time in Florida? How was your PLV uh, presentation? Uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, I am incredibly honored that I got to be on a panel, not only with Jason Collette as moderator, but sitting next to the one and only Enosaurus is something else. Uh, and we discussed both of our models. His stuff plus is incredible, obviously. And uh, I really wanted to make the point that PLV isn't trying to be the new stuff plus it's supposed to be something different it's about analyzing the event specifically not just uh this specific pitch in the eye of the you know of the stuff of it 
what kind of outcomes should it have? And then applying it to the event that allows us to do a better hitter analysis and a lot of other really cool things and going more in that direction than uh, than just kind of the quanti- uh, the quantifying of just the stuff, right? And right. it's really fun to kind of see like where we differ talking about it to everybody. Um, I mean, again, just an unbelievable honor to do that. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was just a fantastic weekend seeing everybody. And and I mean, what better two people to put in a room and talk about the uh, not just pitching analysis, not just pitching, um, you know, models, but also two people who really love pitching. So uh, that would have been must see TV if only it were on TV for us to watch it. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so the other thing you did there in Florida, as you've mentioned a couple of times now, we all know you're in all these cool leagues is part of one of the cool people in the, in the industry. You know, the uh, coolest one I'm a part of though, Miles is the guillotine league. Okay. And, okay. Uh, don't know. That. Uh, we do the wacky <laughs> leagues here at pitcher list inside the PL plus discord. I am a part of the guillotine league because if it ever gets to be a moment where I'm in too many leagues, well, that's how it works. I just get eliminated that week in no harm, no foul. So it, it's make, super you, fun. You make and, it sound uh, like you just get to choose when you, when you get guillotine, the guillotine comes for you, whether you like it or not. Uh, yeah, that is and true. if anyone by the, if, if people, if you want to be in a guillotine league and in these types of, league, if you want to, if you want to take on Nick Pollock head on in an elimination league, uh, you, you got to join PL plus. You, I mean, yeah. you know, you can you can face the guillotine alongside him i guess we should we can put it that way <laughs> uh but you gotta join pl plus uh be part of the pitcher list discord it's an amazing community amazing people you get to talk uh to people like nick and myself and all the amazing staffers here at pitcher list so uh definitely definitely recommend that and obviously um we have a lot of amazing things coming still uh, a lot of great tools uh tools that uh, maybe helped you with your labor draft this weekend definitely helped me uh with one of my drafts this weekend which by the way so labor this amazing yeah. draft you're part of long sure. standing industry league. Right. I mean, yes. it's been around since like the nineties. It's had, a, you go through the results of this years past the champions and it's a real who's who of sharp players in the industry. Uh, Derek Carty, uh, two time reigning champ of the NL only, uh, side of things. Jeff Erickson, the tw- uh, 2021 winner who, by the way, reason I'm bringing this up, I drafted with this past weekend, uh, mm. in our, uh, area Roto fantasy league called scarf, Southern California area Roto fantasy. And, by the way, our projections like my team better than Jeff Erickson. So uh, whether or not uh, we're right, we'll find out. But it makes me feel a lot better uh, knowing that yeah. uh, I had that at my side. And I believe you had that at your side this weekend, too. Yeah. So uh, I, I use the the pitcher list uh, live draft assistant tool um, created by Michael Rathal. And uh, it's I love it. I really do. I mean, I know that there are elements that we want to expand upon it for the future, but for something like this, where you want to have a wonderful big board that removes drafted players as you go, you can follow your own budget. You can uh, you know, use our projections and put in your five by five, six by six um, uh, league settings and just follow along really quickly. It gives you your best remaining as well. It's, it's super easy to input players. It has a draft board for you to do it in that just allows you to follow it as you go. I loved it. Um, and I'm really excited also, you know, doing more and more of these drafts. Like, cool, this is, I mean, especially for my head-to-head uh, leagues where it's just like five by five or six by six in Yahoo or something. Like, the this is perfect for that. It's made for right. that. Right. Um, now, there are some more complexities that we want to add as we keep going. But as a foundation for like, hey, this is the, the 1.0 version. It's phenomenal. And I'm really excited now to 
uh, to say, cool, let's add all these advanced features for people um, and probably have that as a separate tool uh, that we'll offer for everybody. But just, you know, you want the basic one, you want the, the experts one, the custom one, uh, because we wanted to really give something that was streamlined and not intimidating because I never really used tools before like this because it was just too much. Yeah, and this one yeah, was that, incredibly, incredibly simple. That yeah. was actually my experience this past weekend. So in in the past, a handful of times, I've used various draft tools out there, big boards, whatever whatever is out there, and I have actually never made it through a whole draft uh, using mm. a tool um, because I just I don't know. I get to like the fourth, fifth round or something, and all of a sudden, it just feels like too tedious to keep up right. with. Uh, but this was super easy to use. Um, I did a, a I was able to keep track of players. Uh, much better than I normally do. So uh, usually I feel pretty lost in these drafts that go as for, you know, deep as 450 players. Uh, but we're not here to talk about my draft. We're here <laughs> to talk about your draft, Nick Pollock. We're yeah. here to talk about this labor draft that you were a part of this weekend with a lot of really amazing people across the industry, uh, including two, uh, well, m- more than two friends of PitcherList, but uh, Carlos Marcano of Baseball <laughs> Prospectus, <these> <laughs> uh, Shelly Verstraight of NBC Sports Edge, two people who uh, have been a part of the PitcherList family before. And then, also, Ariel Cohen, uh, who uh, ATC projections are something that we're uh, implementing as partnered part of, with. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can use ATC projections in our live draft assistant tool, um, and a lot of other amazing, amazing people uh, within the industry were part of this draft. So it was definitely not not the easiest room for you to draft it, Nick. This is definitely a a, a sharper oh, room uh, all across the board. How how do you feel? Just just how do you feel about your team right now? How, how are you feel? I actually I actually feel like I did a pretty Dang good job. I don't know. It's like, uh, I'll give it to you guys straight. Um, I attended Ariel Cohen's 11 a.m. auction draft strategy panel. His Why did you say that? Like, that's early. Because 11 a.m. is a normal time of day. It's because the draft happened at 1 p.m. that day. Oh. It was two hours. It finished an hour before the draft. And my mind was blown. <laughs> there was a lot about it that I just, I mean, it made all the sense. And I realized I'd be, I had been doing, you know, these, I've been making all these mistakes and I should have been preparing a different way for an auction draft. You got to understand when it comes to me, I am bread and butter is a snake draft. I've been doing that forever. Mm-hmm. And auction drafts, yeah. I'm gonna, I'll be the first to tell you, is not the thing that I'm experienced in. They've taken a lot of time. All my hometown leagues have been snake drafts. And as I've been more exposed to the industry over the past, I guess, 10 years or whatever, I've been doing more auctions. But it's been since really getting to the expert ones that I said, okay, I need to start learning this more and more. And then Ariel Coleman just kind of blew my mind a bit. Um, I actually had a really fun conversation with, uh, with Ian Kahn on uh, on Friday evening where I even uh, facetiously I was in uh, I believe it was this it might have been tout uh, where I was in the same league with Ariel in, and Ian and I beat Ian Khan in the final week of the season thus giving Ariel Cohen the win if I had lost to Ian even though I wasn't even competitive anymore if I had just kind of thrown it in thrown right, the towel right. Ian would have won right and Ariel always says like thank you so much Nick for beating Ian that week so I facetiously said, you're welcome to Ian, you know, because like you want ethically the fantasy players to play to the end, right? Absolutely. And he said, you know what? I lost that. And I had a conversation with Ariel and I said, Ariel, like, I, I you know, congratulations. Like, what did I do wrong? And Ariel said, 
let me tell you. And he broke it down and like helped him out. <laughs> and at first you'd be like, are you serious? You know, how could you do that? But I, uh, Ian will tell you the first time, like it was eye opening for him, it, like changed him. And he like says back to me, you know, like, you know, Nick, like, I uh, thank you because you, you led me on this journey to learn all these mistakes. Right. Um, and that's not to say that like Ian was bad before, like Ian Khan is an, is unbelievably good in this league and one of the nicest guy in the industry too. It was, it was actually really nice to, to hang out with him this, this past weekend as well. But it, I think it just kind of goes to show that, you know, we can all learn a lot of things from, from Maryland this. So, so I'm saying all of it. So going into it, I all of a sudden was like, all right, I just learned all these things. I'm going to try as hard as I can to, <laughs> to, to do all the things I just learned. Right. Right. And it was incredibly hard. And I feel like lessons. I have two weeks now. I, I mean, I, I, I did not have enough time. You don't understand why um, to, uh, to implement all the things that Ariel outlined, but I have two weeks now to prepare for tout. I, mm. uh, and I am, I am geared up to do it. I am like, okay, I get, I see it now. I, I, I truly grasp what I need to do to prepare for my auction drafts. And uh, I'm really excited for that. But nevertheless, I think I actually so, did the, you know, a lot of the things that Ariel talks about in this draft effectively. Um, not all of it. I mean, I, I looked at Ariel, what he was doing, like next to me. I'm like, ah, oh, right. That's the thing. Ah, okay. I get it. <laughs> um, and uh, it was, it was a really fun draft. I mean, I, the thing is, it's not just like Ariel versus everybody. Like this is Ray Murphy and, uh, Brent Murphy was uh, not Brent Murphy. Um, Brent was a uh, was going with the Craig Mish, Brent Hershey and Craig Mish were crew, Carlos McCano and, and Mark Nathan, uh, uh, Eric Cross, Shelley Verstray, Brian Feldman, uh, Ryan Hallam, Doug Anderson, Adam Ronis, like Gray Albright, like all of these are legitimate players regardless. So, yeah, it was a uh, it was a battle. But um, yeah, but I think it turned out all right. Well, and and to your point about, uh, you know, Ariel's. Uh, auction draft strategy uh coming into play uh our our draft assistant does have him uh as far and away <laughs> the yeah. winner so far well i, I i'm, I'm gonna say though that yeah yes but also i didn't fill it out all the way like essentially like the last couple picks uh i didn't do correctly and <laughs> the funniest part about this i was at a disadvantage miles this is this is incredibly embarrassing but uh here i am it is uh again sunday it's at one one fifteen. Uh, and I'm I'm thinking in my head like, all right, yeah, I, I'm taking the flight today, but we're still inside the hotel, right? So mentally, I'm thinking yeah, like still I'm still at the, conference. At the hotel. Yeah, I'm still there. Yeah. But I forgot that I had to check out of my room by noon. Yeah, pretty Completely like a pretty normal forgot. standard hotel operation I know. type it, of it thing. It was just kind know? of like I'm still a part of the conference, so I haven't done the process of checking out. So the draft starts at 1.15. I get an email at one. 30 from the hotel saying thanks for checking out and i go i didn't oh no and i'm i'm trying and they said like i i I turned to ray murphy on my left and i said ray when's the first break he says 315 i'm like oh no (laughs) (laughs) so i i i had to text colette colette was one of the few people like everyone had went to the spring training game right we didn't uh, have jason jason colette yeah jason colette and he's he's there because he's awesome he's watching this and I text him, go, Jason, I have a huge favor to ask. Can you like go to the front desk and ask them like, 
if they can wait until 315 for me to check out just because I mean, I'm in this draft right now. And like, I'd say 15 picks have been maybe 20 or so. It's like 145 or something. I'm like sweating, trying to figure this out in my head while also keeping up with the auction draft. And I finally, I'm like, all right, I need to do something. And then Jason texts me saying they need you out like now, like now, now. So I, I lost like five or six or seven picks or something sprinting back to my room getting all my stuff done checking out and coming back jason sat there but i mean like he's not gonna do picks or anything right right so i missed in my thing certain guys and i misattributed some along the way like i had apparently shelly was done and i didn't have like two players assigned to her or i thought that brian Feldman was done but he wasn't i messed up during it (laughs) uh so it kind of led to me like the last couple of rounds, like just not filling it out, which is I had, I know I had Errol Cohen's correct. And mm. that's, that's why I think he was so much higher than everyone else. Cause not all of them are filled. Um, but I, but still like, I mean, I'm not surprised that, that he did well, according to the, at, at the, our projections, it's PLV plus ATC. And he's, yeah, using I was going to say the, the other thing too, is he's, he knows the answer sheet, you know, he has yeah, that. Right. Uh, and so obviously it's not like the the winner of this league is whoever drafted best to ATC uh, or PLV plus ATC, which would, you know, again, give you a little bit of an, uh, a, a leg up in the whole win the projections game that uh, sure, yeah. you know, is part of drafting uh, for many people because we look at the projections afterward and that that tells us how we feel about our draft. Um, yeah, it's not a best ball league, though, guys. It's a 12 team. It is not a best ball league. Uh, it is labor, which a very interesting thing about labor is essentially if you have them in your lineup. Uh, you kind of have to keep them there uh, or you either drop them or you can put them in reserves for like the IL spot or minor leagues and stuff. But if you draft them, you got to you got to start them unless you want to get rid of them. Um, and it's, you know, Roto League through the year. Um, so I it does allow opportunity for uh, for adjustment um, again, 12 teams. So I, I'm going to lean into that a lot with this yeah. uh and i'll talk a little bit more about that later about just kind of my yeah, strategy it's, of constructing this it's clear that it's it's a little bit of a deep league uh 28 uh players were drafted by every team and so there's a little bit of a deeper roster but 12 team not that's in your wheelhouse um it's it's an area that you oh, know yeah. are very familiar with and, and all the notes that you write and everything is always geared towards 12 teamers so i'm actually uh not surprised to see what you ended up with, at least as far as the pitching staff goes, but uh, mm-hmm. I am curious, what was your strategy coming into uh, what, you know, what remained of your strategy coming into labor uh, <laughs> after Ariel Cohen flipped it all on its head, which yeah. by the way, I just got to say, if he p- does his presentation at 11, knowing his draft is at one fifteen, do you think maybe there's a little bit of gamesmanship in there of trying to mess oh, with no. you all right, right before no, the No, absolutely not. He didn't say any players. He no, was no, just I'm, like I'm in general how to do it. Told- Totally uh, no, messing, actually, I really totally appreciated messing. it. And uh, I'm, you know, I, I actually asked him to send me by Tuesday a 1000 word review of how I drafted. Um, I want him to be like, if, if you guys know a World Series of Poker and stuff, I want him to be my uh, Johnny Chan to uh, to Jamie Gold or whatever. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm the one that is like yep. trying to get lucky. Um, totally, and totally I want him with his reference. orange. Yep. So what was your, uh, but anyway, what was your so, strategy? Right. So I'm going to go deep into that. But first, I do want to take a quick break. So first and foremost, I do want to emphasize that going into it, no shock. um, My strategy is going to revolve around getting hitters. 
<laughs> I, one of the things that Ariel did talk about inside of his presentation, and I, I want to say there is a Beat the Shift podcast that Ariel put out about auction draft strategy that will talk a lot about the things that I'm, that will go more in depth about the things that I'm going to hint at in this. Listen to it. Do that. If there's one thing you want to do for an auction draft, it's listen to that podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to convince Ariel. He doesn't even know this yet. I'm probably gonna convince Ariel to try and do a written version uh, at some point for us. I don't know. I think it's just that good. Um, and uh, we'll see. But listen to that. And a couple things that he mentioned it that I really tried to implement in this. One, I just generalized. I. When you are doing an auction draft and you have draft values, so the first step that I couldn't do because it was only an hour is you have the projections that you have, whatever they are, you've signed them, you've created them, fantastic job, you've made projections, awesome. There, There's a second set of projections that you have to make and it's not the actual stat values, it's just the dollar values. Right. And you have to get the market value. You have to know what the general market rate is for all of these players and then have a difference between yours and the market that will give right. you an understanding of where he called what he calls hot spots which are where there is a gen, a group of guys that you favor more than the market and it will help you understand where the market favor guy favors guys more than you do and you can exploit that Yep. Uh, and how you get you can create the you create the market value. I think uh, if I remember correctly, I'm arrow is going to yell at me if I get this wrong. I <laughs> uh, is I uh, is you essentially you can create ADP and just go like one is this one. Look at last year's ADP and the dollar and dollar values and just yeah. kind of shift it over. Uh, yeah, I which, think that's probably a, a an easy, probably very quick and dirty and easy right. way to do it. I just do want to like, point what out what was yes. NFC does have. Uh, uh, average auction value for the auctions that have run on their site. Um, there's only been 18 in the, since the start of February. So it is a small mm-hmm. sample. Um, but it, I mean, it looks pretty true to form. much like, like ADP, I mean, right? Exactly. But uh, I'm looking at it and, you know, Julio Rodriguez, $45, Acuna, 45, sure. Judge, 44, Trey Turner, 40. so you've and got, that is going to be a little different always for the different types of leagues. 12 teamers is going to be a little bit different and so on and so sure. forth. But if you have, you know, that's the first step. And what I didn't get to do in an hour is really get to analyze this and be like, okay, where are mine? Where are the others? Where are the hot spots? All that kind of stuff, right? So I, he does such a good job of outlining that. And I'm like, okay, I need it. I can get a sense of it. I can get a sense of being like, especially with hitters, I can see quickly where the PLV projections are higher or lower on guys. Mm-hmm. And I actually did that a lot as much as I could inside of this. Um, right. Second, he taught me a lot about nominations and um, I think a really great point. I mean, Ariel, I I, I don't want to feel like this podcast is just me you know, reciting everything that you taught, but it's just more of, I've learned so much that I just want to share it with everybody here. And I can't say enough, go reach out to Ariel and listen to that one. And I'm probably butchering some of this, but really <laughs> strategy about like nominations and how I, um, you know, spending money, right? Like, oh, I want to get rid of money, mm-hmm. and I want to, I want to get money out of other people's pockets. I uh, the second, this is such a good point you made. The second of the draft, like, if you know the market value is thirty dollars or in someone or whatever, and then you nominate a player and he goes for thirty dollars, you've done nothing because that player is already going to expect to be go at thirty dollars. 
Right. How you right. get money out of pockets is you force them to pay a premium. Mm-hmm. And that's just, of course, right? So how do you make them for, get a premium? Then you have to create these uh, these moments where guys are nominated, where they're one of the last of a grouping, and you have right. the market value higher than your value of it, right? Right, So, right. And how you do that is then you look at the list of guys and you create separation of different tiers. Yeah. And he calls it Swiss cheesing. And essentially, instead of going for like nominating the number one guy, let's say it's like number one through seven or so, you nominate the fourth to create a gap between three and five to heighten the value of one through three. I mean, stuff like this is just like, oh, my God, of course. (laughs) And I have not done my homework. And I'm like, oh, boy, I'm so screwed. Right. Um, Basic stuff like that. The other really major point he makes, I think, is so important, is that if you get market value for every player that you get, you've lost the draft because you're just an average team. You mm-hmm. want to essentially get the equivalent of like $290 spending $260, right? Right. You got to get that you want at the end of the end of the draft, you want to add up essentially all your projection dollar values and say that, make sure that that's in the positive versus what the market yep. value is, right? Or essentially more yep. than 260, right? Yep. And if you are, you know, with the idea of like, okay, I want to get Paul Goldschmidt and his market values, you know, $32 or something. And you know what? I'm going to spend 35 on him. And then don't worry, I'll get $3 later, right? And I'll get profit $3 later. You've evened out though. You've evened right. out if that's the case. And you, you're trying yeah. to get that later. So that's that's the quick, I'll stop going into all of this, but that's really like the simplistic um, strategy. I'm trying to as much as to to go into. And when nominating, I'm actually more focused on the guys I want and trying to, get them nominated at the right time right so that i can i identify when an ev- so you, a value could happen because i yeah, don't want someone else getting getting nominated that would then make it a premium for the guy i want right 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 you're you're trying so, to manipulate it so that you put yourself in a position where if you say okay i'm i have goldschmidt as a 32 dollar player uh that i can i can nominate him at a point where I believe I can get him for $26 and not exactly. find yourself in a situation right. where someone else nominates him at a point or you put yourself in a position accidentally because you nominated yeah. Matt Olson, you know, at, at a different time where all right. of a sudden Goldschmidt now is going for 36 and, and you cost yourself $10 of, of and, value. Oh but, man. You know, and the last, and the last thing, man, is that in so many aspects, I mean, sure, of course, like you need to make sure you have your steals. You need to make sure you have your power. You need to make sure you have strikeouts or whatever. Fine, like general groupings. But for the most part, you're just trying to get profit. Yeah. You know, you, that, that's it. It doesn't yeah. really matter if that's, you know, say like Mike Trout or if it's Aaron Judge or, you know, if you feel like they're higher, then you should adjust your projections beforehand to reflect actually mm-hmm. how you feel. Mm-hmm. Right. And make sure yeah. you have those dollar values already set to the point like that is what they're worth. And then you go from there. So that's how I went going in. The other element of strategy that's not necessarily about auction draft strategy is well, hold on. I purposefully. So before, yeah. Before you get into anything outside of auction, I just want to the for me, re- listening to this as someone who, who's only done a few auction drafts uh, in, in my entire lifetime as a fantasy baseball player. um. I think the biggest takeaway from this, and it's something that I think people who have done auction drafts before know, and it's very hard to apply. It's that auction drafts are definitively better 
than snake drafts. There are so <laughs> many, there are so many more options as far as team building. And it isn't just everything you just mentioned, that strategy. I mean, even just down to the basic aspects of like, you were not beholden to your draft spot anymore. Uh, I went into a snake draft this weekend and I had one goal in my, I wanted Jose Ramirez. And if I didn't get Jose Ramirez, I wanted one of the other third basemen. And I had the fourth pick and I didn't get Jose Ramirez and none of the other third basemen made it back to me. And in an auction draft, I don't have to have that problem. Right. I can make sure that I get one of those third basemen, even if I have to pay a premium for it. Um, I think. Well, then it's important just, though, before the draft, you establish what is your dollar value for it. If exactly. You're paying, don't pay a premium. If, if it's above your thing, trust me, you'll find, you'll get the profit there. And then with right. someone else, that's kind of actually what happened in mine is I actually, I, I made my budget beforehand. So cool. I'm, I think one of these guys is where's my premiums or where my, where it's going to go. But then um, Machado went for 33. That was above mine. Jose Ramirez went for 42. That was above mine and so on and so yep. forth. And I, I felt like they were paying premiums on third base. So I got Jose Miranda at $6. And right. to me, and, and Jose you, Miranda is $11 player. So I got $5 profit. Yeah. And you were able uh, to consciously make that decision as opposed to having to be in a situation where, well, I just, because of the way snake drafts work, I just didn't have right. that opportunity. And it takes, you're able to, instead of it taking the decision out of your hands altogether, you're able to make that decision. You ended up with, we ended up with a similar situation of not having an elite third baseman, but you got to make that choice. I didn't. Well, yeah, exactly. I guess I could have yeah. taken Manny Machado oh, at fourth that. overall, like, but no, you you're know, not gonna that wasn't that. gonna happen. Right. Um so so, so I understand strategy. that. I will always say snake drafts are better uh because there's just uh because of the time aspect. But I mean I really honestly that panel got me hooked because I'm such a game <laughs> theory guy. I, yep. I and everything I do, I am the I am the friend that will play every single board game and I will play it once and if I don't win that first, if I didn't figure it out by the end of it, then I'm like going home and thinking about that game to make sure that next time I play it, I know exactly how to do it. Right. You've got um, the game theory down. Doesn't matter. It, it if is it's, so much. And I have not been or... able. Yeah. And I haven't quite been able to nail it with auction drafts. And it was just kind of like, I oh, I've seen the light and I'm just so oh, no. thrilled to to yeah, to, to tackle it. Two weeks of Tat Wars. It is a 15 teamer, <laughs> which is really annoying. I really, I so wish I could be part of that 12 team mixed and yep. I just have to coach uh, my teammate, the playoffs. So I, if I win the semifinals on Sunday, I'll be in the finals. And that's the same time as tout wars that 12 team mix is so unfortunate. So I had to switch to the 15. Yeah. Got, got it. Got to oh, choose your, so close. Uh, your middle school basketball uh, team that you coach hundred percent over 10 uh, years. I, I like, I've been coaching miles. These are kids. I, okay. It's not just I me. See. It's about the kids. Oh, I no, I I I sound sarcastic, but I'm being legitimate. Like that that you're making the right choice. Yeah, you're a coach right too. Choice. You you understand this? Yeah, absolutely. This. Uh, uh, All right, so let's actually get to this draft here. Let's get to this draft. Let's get to this um, draft. And you you have an interesting team. Yeah. I so I okay. Out. So the yes, go ahead. You spent out of two hundred sixty dollars. You spent one hundred and eighty dollars on hitters. To your point about yeah. making sure you get hitters. Yeah, 180 uh, to 80. Um, what is that? That's close to yeah, that's close to the 70-30 that I'm going for. Okay. Um I can do the I mean, math that, on that real quick pretty and much, make sure it actually That's pretty much what I always try and go for is leaning more on hitters yeah, than, than 70, pitchers. 70 percent. Is it exactly? You did a great job. Seven, sixty-nine yeah. point eight. Yeah, that sounds right. I pretty good. Um, I mean, that's how I, that's how I do it. I always go a little bit more in hitting than I do pitching. I will also mention, I, 
and purposefully 12 teamer here, I did not overpay for saves. I'm sorry, for steals. Because I have a firm belief that this year will be easier than ever to find steals mm-hmm. off the waiver wire. So mm-hmm. I wanted Absolutely. to secure I uh, I wanted to secure the power, the, the power trio <laughs> of runs RBI and home runs more so than I uh, than steals and average, of course, being mixed in there as well. Um, but uh, so that keep that in mind when you know, like the best ball rankings of this is gonna say, like, oh Nick, you're like 10th in steals or whatever. I'm like, that's by design. I'm trying to get like sixth by the end of the year. Um <laughs> And uh, that was something going into it. The other side of it is I I'm such a firm believer of following Rick Graham in season mm-hmm. and uh, making it so that sure I got I, I you know make sure you have like two guys that you like for for saves maybe make a spec ad but then like I will find someone else uh, for saves as the season goes on and again my goal is not to win is twelve in saves it's more to be like six or so and be able to focus my draft dollars not on that that's more of a fab target then right. that's just how i roll that's how i've i, I kind of do stuff it's worked well for me um that's going into it how i wanted to frame this team yeah and so you can definitely see the construction of your team so real quick just because this is an auction and not a snake draft and we don't have that built in hey let's just go one through whatever on your picks let's talk about your hitters first um so i'm just gonna rattle off your team and then we can dive in on oh, players so oh. Let's take it. Let's take it position by position. I did that position, once. When Fast do, was so upset that I did that. So <laughs> let's do. Yeah, no position by position works. We'll start. We'll start with. Uh, we won't start with catcher. That's point. We're gonna start yeah. with your infield. Infield. I like okay. infield. Um, at first base, you have Matt Olson. Uh, twenty five dollars. You also have Ty France at four dollars. Uh, so both of those guys can slot in at first. Um, and Spencer Torkelson currently in your utility spot, also a dollar. Yeah. So you've got three. First baseman, uh, I know Miranda's also first base eligible, but he's going to be at third base for a while. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for you, because <laughs> you don't have anyone else. Uh, nope. Marcus Semien for 25 bucks, Javier Baez for three, uh, Corey Seager for uh, $25, and then obviously the aforementioned Jose Miranda for six to round out your infield. So definitely a lot of power there. Uh, Olsen, Semien, Seager, uh, who I think will hit more home runs. Uh, than he does in the past. Uh, Baez could certainly hit more home runs with Comerica's uh, shortened wall. So yeah, you definitely got that power. It was I. Uh, uh, it was an interesting thing here. So Matt Olson and Seager both are were hinting at thirty dollars in my projection. So mm-hmm. I I felt really glad with that one. And keep in mind we're using PLV projections, which essentially says like the the decision making of these guys and shift stuff is like hey focus on this right yep um so i felt really happy with that as getting uh you know just getting quality bats that i believe in um through the year uh obviously olsen goes at first base i was hoping maybe to be more involved with freddie freeman or paul goldschmidt at first um but olsen 25 was profit so i was happy with that same with Corey seager I also thought I was going to be, you know, I saw Willie Adamas um, from Gray Albright at 15. I, we had him at as a, a 19 and I was a little upset. I was hoping to get in like a $14 or so for Adamas. I even thought to myself, maybe 16, but then Seager went after. I was like, okay, this is fine. Um, but keep in mind, again, it's about finding the profits, right? So uh, it's not necessarily about I wanted to get this one. I had already established um, some dollar values and there were some along the way that I look at PLV projections and I go, okay, you know what? I'm going to adjust a little bit more favorably or negatively for this guy for whatever reason 
Um, and I felt good about that. Um, you see Ty France at first base. It was just corner infield. Ty France is a $12 player. Uh, and for $4, I was like, sweet. I got, I, I made some profit there at, at corner infield. He's going to be batting what third or fourth for the Mariners. Um, mm-hmm. with yeah, Julio Rodriguez the up there. I mean, this is a good, good offense to hit, uh, square in the middle of, I, I was really happy about that. Just a lot of production. Sure. He's not going to be like a 30 home run guy, but I'm not going to dislike having Ty France in this lineup. $4 filled that out. I was really, really proud of that one. Um, Ryan Mountcastle went later on in the draft. He was one of the last guys uh, to to go at first base. And I'm trying to find him here. He went for $6. And I was so, so upset that Ariel got him. <laughs> I could not express it. He was a $19 player for us. Um, and he just went so late that we had no more dollars to spend on it. And I, I so wish I, I could have jumped on that one. Um, cause that, that is insane to me. Um, that is one of the tough things about, about auction drafts is midway through, like through the draft, you'll suddenly find you don't do this in snake drafts because when you make your pick, you know, all the players that are available. I mean, unless you right. just completely forget about a guy and you overlook him and you, and you make a pick and then later go, Oh, I, I should have picked him there. But in auction drafts, you don't know what Ryan Mountcastle is going to go for when yeah. when Ty France is is being nominated. So that's part of it too is is that, you know, having to find out the hard way, you know, right. that, that you made a decision and, that you wish And you could one change. of the um one of the really fun ones. I know it sounds crazy to me. I never I did not go into this saying, "Hey, cool, Javier Baez is a target of mine." But Javier Baez was a double digit profit for us. I uh, I mean, Baez still is going to get you double digit steals, going to hint at 20 plus home runs, I think. Um, according to our projections, um, terrible swing decisions. We understand for the strikeouts and everything last year, um, but we projected to hopefully improve th- this next season. And at three dollars, I needed a middle infielder. <laughs> I mm-hmm. almost got Cattell Marte um, at one dollar, um, and then, or, or maybe it was even two. And then I believe it was Shelly. I got her. At, got him at four. Um, yeah, I put him up for one dollar. She said two. I was like, oh, three, and she went four. I was like, oh, okay, fine. Um, but Javier buys the same way. Ariel turned to me and was like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, why didn't you say I, I, I'd all filled up. I don't, I can have a spot for him. I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> got that one. Um, but I, so that's why Javier buys is there, but it's $3 again. I felt very good with this setup infield. Um, there are other values that I, I, I see. I'm like, oh man, I was going my Ryan McMahon. The Ariel got was a great one. $12 Bogarts too. I mean, this is, this is the art of it, right? It's about, yeah. I, it's about finding those being patient for those profits and the team is overall very solid in that way. So that's one element I'm trying to get better at. I mean, ultimately $75 between Olsen, Seager and Semin isn't ideal. You know, I would want that to be closer to 65 if I can for, for three guys I like like that, but I still felt like overall it was, I didn't pay a premium in my view right. on any of those guys. So I felt good about that. And I think too, there's something to be said for the the players that you paid up for are players that we feel pretty confident as far as their floor. Um, Seager mm, yes. is, is one of the highest floor players out there. It's like the same concept in snake drafts. When at the top of the draft, you want to make sure the guys you're drafting uh, have a high floor. Same exact concept. I mean, Olsen, even if the average is lower than you know than expected, I think the power is still there no matter what. Semyon might be the only one that you could say has that concern. Um, but I think he's shown that he is uh, someone that can be, can, you know, useful 
Um, it, 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 we're not talking about a, the bottom completely falling out like Javier Baez did last year, right? And you spend $3 on Baez. We've actually already seen Baez bounce back from from a bad season before. When he bounced back in 2021 from that awful 2020 season that he had um, where he hit only 203. So, um, for I mean, besides two, first year, full uh, full season in, in Detroit, Comerica, it was one of the worst parks in baseball. Now yeah, it, it is improving, well, right? It's it's still pretty bad, but it's better. <laughs> yeah, it's it better is, than yeah. it was before. Uh, so it's definitely something where you have upside there at three dollars for Javier Baez to go back yeah. to being you know a guy that might go for you know twelve dollars next year. Sure. Yeah, and um, uh, you know then there's also Torkelson at UI Utility who maybe I mean that was I think actually the last pick of the entire draft. So I still have one dollars left to get my my utility, and I took Torque. Uh, What's really interesting is we went, went out there. I was like, all right, let's go. It, it, it took no time at all for Torkelson to go from being one of the most hyped prospects in yeah, baseball. The most sure and, and locked complete, one, right? Yeah, complete, complete uh, hitter, you know, a ha- not just a one trick pony, not just power, right? Has it all. And we've completely written him off as yeah, there's so many other prospects that everyone's getting all excited for when why isn't Torkelson? Why can't Torkelson be that guy that some people are thinking Jordan Walker could be? For example, sure. and Jordan Walker. Oh yeah, that was know, a fun it, moment, by the way. So the entire weekend, uh, I mean, when I was hanging out with Gray on Saturday night, he just could not stop talking about Jordan Walker. If you haven't seen his Twitter, every single day he t- tweets about Jordan Walker. Earlier on Saturday, Walker hit two home runs. It was off of <laughs> Alex Colme and Kate Cavalli. He's like horrible pitches and everything, but whatever. He like looks so good and he's been incredible. So we were joking the day before, um, and I. Uh, and they all say like, all right, how much are you going to pay? Oh, $14, you know, whatever. And that's great. All right. So here we are in the draft. It gets to be $7. And I'm just like, I know that it's supposed to be high. It's, it's, it's gray. All right. Like I know it's supposed to be double digits. Right. Yep. And I know that gray's going to pay it. So out of nowhere, I just kind of, my mind like shuts down and I say $11. I just push it up from seven to 11. And I say, and I go, Oh no. Like <laughs> I don't want Jordan Walker at $11. Derek Cardi just did a whole presentation about prospects and like, you know, the toughest guys to project. And it's mm-hmm. pretty much being like, you can't bank on this for Jordan Walker. I don't even really ha- like, I have the money, but like, I don't have the money to spend on that. Right. And I'm going, Oh God, Oh God, Oh God. And then Greg goes, ah, $12. Let's go. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was so relieved. I mean, Jordan Walker is going to be, you know, could easily be like the best prospect and like destroy and be so much better than that. I know how much Gray loves him and everything. But it was one of those products of like, I won't ever do that to myself again. It was so foolish. And so like, you can't, you can't put yourself in that situation that you're, de- you're depending on being like the sheriff, you know, and making yeah. sure that Gray pays the amount that he wants to spend. But I, uh, it was, it was more of just like, I don't know. It was it was really fun doing it because like we were joking that I was going to happen the day before and I actually did it. I actually like said like I'm going to do eleven dollars. And like he did. Oh, my God. I love you, Gray. Uh, it, it was so funny. Cracked me up. So, yeah, I did yeah, get so, Jordan Walker. <laughs> no. And and uh, and I think Jordan Walker at twelve dollars. Uh, I mean, it's one of those situations we could look back on it and be like, wow, you know, and he did end up uh, returning that value and more. Uh, or we could look back on it and be like, wow, it was the worst $12 spent in the draft because it's impossible to know with, with prospects, how they will actually, 
you know, turn out. And um, I know all the people listening to this, and there's gonna be a lot of people going, "Oh my God, Jordan Walker's so good. He's nothing like Torkelson." Blah 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 blah. blah. But you know, it, we could be right. one year away from Jordan Walker going for one dollar uh, in uh, in next year's auction. Yeah, so, right. right. Um, you know, as as Gray obviously at that point will move on to I don't know uh, Francisco Alvarez, Andy Rodriguez. No, those are catchers. No one wants to spend the money on catchers anyway. Nah. I mean, well, so I wanted to. I got two catchers, Sean Murphy at $12, which is, which was higher than the project by the initial ones had, but I'm much higher on Sean Murphy. Um, I adjusted mine to put it around 14, I think for Sean Murphy in this Mm -hmm. I think I always have it as like eight, nine. And I'm, this is just me. And this is someone that like is my guy. And I was like, I really do believe that the plate appearances in the lineup that Sean Murphy is in, get him out of Oakland, a much better scenario for him is excitement. Like Sean Murphy, I think is going to dominate this year. And at $12, I felt like, yeah, this is good. I had like 13, 14 or so. So I was like, all right, a little bit of profit, not as so much, but I really, it's also the mentality of in season, I don't want to deal with catcher. So I just don't. This is my own, like I will pay a small premium in some way to get at least one catcher that I'm never replacing. Right. Um, And in a two catcher league, I mean, 12 teams. So it's only 24 catchers rostered only. That's still a lot of catchers, but uh, it gives you, I mean, Sean Murphy makes sure you only have to worry about one spot. Right. And then I, and then the second one, funny story here is I, I was at the point of at the end of my draft, I had like $1 associated with catcher, $1 associated with outfield, $1 for utility. And like, I had like $4 to play around with, with pitcher and then plus like a $1 stuff. So I was just doing $1 catchers at that point. I think I felt like figured everyone was. So I put a Travis Darno and Ray Murphy gets them for two. I'm like, Oh God. So put Eric Haas and then Brian Feldman gets him for two. I'm like, you guys, come on. Um, (laughs) And uh, then I get Christian Benincourt because he was the best one available according to our projections. It was just like, fine, here you go, Benincourt. I don't know how that's going to go. Probably be streaming someone else. But that's enough for catcher. Uh, Okay, real quick, before we move on, I just want to say this one thing about catcher. I personally, so I went the route that you went. Uh, You unintentionally went this route. But I went the route of get me in my two catcher league that I just drafted yesterday. Uh, I got a steady starter, not as good as Sean Murphy, not as not as exciting. I, I went uh-huh. with Tyler Stevenson. I wanted Sean yeah, Murphy. Sure, that's got, good. Got, yeah, got you went for nine dollars in this, so yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm I'm happy with Tyler Stevenson as my number one catcher. And then for my second catcher spot, I wanted to get one of the prospects, so either Logan Ohapi, uh, mm-hmm. Gabriel Moreno, or Christian Betancourt. Um, I ended oh, up with nice. Ohapi. Very, very happy with that. I think he has the best chance at playing time, uh, at least between him and Moreno. But that was my strategy was get one that I feel mm-hmm. good about and get one spot that I can play around with. And right. I may regret that if in May I have to find someone on the waiver wire to play a catcher. But at the very least, I have a little bit of upside as you do with uh, Christian. Well, you have upside with both Murphy and Betancourt. But yeah, I'm really excited about upside. that. And I do want to talk about outfield. And of course, we're going to talk about the, how I constructed the pitching staff. But before we do, we're going to take a quick break. All right. So let's talk about your outfield. The last hitter position spot we haven't talked about yet. Uh, you ended up with Mike Trout, $30. Teoscar Hernandez at $20. And Taylor Ward at 17 as your top three in that spot. Were these the guys that you wanted in your outfield at, the, at those prices? Well, uh, so Trout was a $34 value. So I, uh, so that's $4 profit. I was like, all right, whatever I get with it. I mean, I, I purposefully am like, yes, I need to dedicate some time to outfield because in a 12 team it is easier to fill in, uh, outfield by the end in season. I wanted at least one spot open. That was just a dollar guy. Um, but essentially 
going into this, I'm just saying, all right, I'm going to see wherever the profit is. And if mm-hmm. I happen to get profit in outfield versus other places, then that's where I get it. Um, and I got it on Trout. So cool there. On Teoscar Hernandez for us was a $22 value. Um, so cool. I felt like I got $2 of profit there uh, for Teoscar. And Taylor Ward, I think I went, um, I essentially was trying to figure out where to spend my money. And uh, Taylor Ward was at a 19, I think, for us. Um, and I say for us, I mean, like, this is PLV is the us, just so you guys know. Yes. Uh, our projections. But I, it's, yeah, so I was like, all right, I guess I'll go in at 17 for Taylor Ward here. I wasn't thrilled about that one. Christian Yelich, I purposely targeted. I nominated and got because he was a 16. And I was also thinking I could have gone for Eloy at that point. Eloy was still out there, and I really liked where the, the market was going. Like he went for 15. I kind of figured that Elo would go a little bit cheaper than that, honestly. So I'm really happy to see that he went for 15. But there were a couple other guys. Luis Robert went for 19. Again, happy that it went that high. And I needed some speed. Uh, I recognized like, oh, right. I haven't really gotten much speed at all. I got some semi in. Like, you know, I got uh, some trout. But like there wasn't really like this dedicated speed stuff. So I need a little bit extra of that. Um, and so I went with I went for Yelich specifically. Again, $16 value. Got him at 10. So I felt like I got profit with each of those guys. Um, so that's kind of how it worked out for the outfield. And then Navi Avisael Garcia is the biggest regret I have of the entire draft. Um, because Why is that? Because, well, actually, Torque, by the way, I got in the previous. I forgot this. Torque was previous. And then the Garcia was the last pick of the entire thing. Mm-hmm. And I realized my reserve round, um, I got the guy I actually wanted to get a $1. Could have gotten anyone. Mm-hmm. And I got Garrett Mitchell, who's a way better $1 outfielder get, right. right? And I wouldn't have gotten Garcia in the reserves. But then once I had more time to really reflect on the roster, the pillar is available. It's like, oh my gosh, there's Mitchell. What am I doing? Um, so then I got Mitchell in the reserve. And I could have gotten, a, I was second pick overall in the reserve. So I could have gotten anyone, you know, probably Brandon Fought. Like Shelly got Brandon Fought. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so upset. So that's that's something I regretted there. But otherwise, I mean, this outfield, I think, turned out well. And, and it's, again, another situation. I'm not going to get rid of Trout, or, uh, Teoscar, and Ward, and Yelich. Like, good. I feel safe with those guys. Just pray that Trout doesn't get hurt. That's all. Well, and so that's where, actually, I, I know that you could have turned, obviously, El Garcia into, like, a Brandon Fott or some other uh, player with a lot more upside. Uh, and when we say upside, we mean, like, you know, unproven because i actually think obviously has quite a bit of upside compared to what he did last year um i actually drafted obviously garcia and i feel good about it so i don't like this obviously garcia slander huh. that you're bringing i mean he podcast. was he was a he was the highest rated uh in our projection system for atfield at the yeah. time i think he was like a five dollar value like i was like all right fine i'm just gonna go with that i think there's a bounce back year here for obviously garcia and and in you know a five outfielder format uh i think he's a very worthy starter i think uh if anything though too if you need a spot where you can churn an outfield. Uh, I don't know that you'd be, I mean, you know, maybe you would, but I don't know that you'd want to churn on Garrett Mitchell immediately in April, whereas you mm. could feel better about churning on obviously El Garcia that quickly. Um, That's a good Garrett point. Mitchell, you might, you might feel like, Oh, I want to see, want to hang on. Let's yeah, see what yeah, happens, right, right, you know? Right. So there's, you know, I'll make you feel a little bit better that way. Um, I will say trout Hernandez ward Yelich, uh, really great values there. Um, I think they're all going to, you know, be, good to great outfielders. Yelich, I'm a little bit worried about uh, because now I'm, you know, 30 and I have back pain. And let me tell you, it's very debilitating. <laughs> I I can't swing a bat like I used to, you know, as a, yeah. <laughs> but uh, 
I, I mean, Trout, Hernandez, Ward. It's hard to do to to. Uh, well, it's hard to do better than that. You could have done Judge and, and all these other guys, but for the values you got them for, it's hard to do better than what you. Yeah, I, I was I was pretty happy with that. And what's interesting is when it comes to my offense, um, I think I kind of did what I was trying to do. Um, pitching, I don't think I did exactly, and I screwed up. I think with one player. So do you want to talk about the play you screwed up in first or do you want me to ask you a question that I had about your pitching staff as well? Go ahead, please. All right. So just for context for the good people at home. Yeah. Uh, your starting pitchers uh, on your staff are Luis Castillo at $23, Zach Wheeler at 20 and Robbie Ray at 15. Then you went uh, bargain bin uh, shopping and got Kopech at $3 and then Maeda, Sean Manaya, uh, Garrett Whitlock and uh, Lance McCullers. Um, Fine well, well, okay. So, so just to correct that quickly, Lance McCullers was reserve round, um, yes. and Whitlock was uh, two dollars because I had an extra Sorry, dollar at the end. And there's a very specific reason why I got Whitlock is because I expect him to start in the IL and unlimited IL, which mm, means I essentially get an extra play early on while still having the fun of chasing Whitlock. Um, so I go. thought that was a very fun strategy to have um, out of the gate. That's a very, very uh, labor specific strategy that I'm sure all the people yeah. at home will uh, be sure to yeah. uh, implement. So I just wanted to options. really put that asterisk on that. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, obviously, I, I, I think I know the answer to this question, but I would like I I'd always like it when you yeah. explain this type of stuff. You have two of your top 12. Yeah. Robbie Ray currently ranked at 35 and yeah. then a whole bunch of, you know, guys. That are not ranked as, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. they're not nothing. I'm sure their mothers think very highly of them, okay. uh, but they aren't ranked very high on your list. Um, right. and so can you, can you kind of talk a little bit more about this strategy of having basically the, you know, two SP ones and SP three, and then a whole bunch of nothing. So I, I go back and forth on this a lot. And I think in an auction league, I can do this. I can do mm -hmm. this better than I can in a snake. Right. Um, because the, the reason I don't encourage going for aces in a snake is because you have to turn down hitters that you can depend on however right. in an auction i can get both it just means that i have to find more stuff in in pitching later which is my skill set so i like to so i thought luis castillo to me is like a 30 dollars value um i th i see him along the lines of other guys that went pretty expensive like i see gosman at 22 and i go i'm super happy i got castillo i saw brandon woodruff at 26 well, that's kind of Luis Castillo for me. Scherzer at 25, Castillo for me. You know, Nola at 27, Castillo at 23 felt to me like, great, I got it. And I got it early. This is something that, mm -hmm. that Ariel pointed out in his presentation was a lot of the times when it comes to the top, um, the first like 20 uh, player, the first 20 guys that go or so, sure, like the hitters, like the elite ones go super high and there's always a premium. Like who are those super right. top tier elites? But like the second tier always go for market or less. It's rare for the because there's always a lot of other things to go for still. Right. And knowing this, I really was thinking like, okay, Nick, you should be nominating a lot of like your 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 starters. Mm -hmm. um, and I tried to do that. And I Castillo, $23, I felt good about. Zach Wheeler, who I in some ways like more than Castillo, despite the seven runs yesterday in spring training. You do Whatever. have him ranked higher. 
but and I got him at 20 and I'm like, see, this is good. And my my general thought was I want to spend about 50 to to 55 on three guys, three or four. And I spent mm-hmm. 58 accidentally. And I say accidentally because I honest the one of my bigger regrets was Robbie Ray at 15. I feel yeah. I could have split that up into maybe like a seven and an eight and been a little bit happier with my staff. But I also didn't want to get too far behind. And something that I've done before and mistakes I've made before is by relying too much on kind of the middle tier of starting pitching, it means that the strikeout and win numbers are not as high as they should be. Mm-hmm. But right. getting Castillo, Wheeler, and Ray, those are three guys are on winning teams and should get each of them could go 200 plus strikeouts. And to have that floor of of strikeouts and wins from three guys, I think, was so important for me Um, and allows me to then say, like, look, I'm going to get these other pitchers that I think actually can improve ERA and whip as well. So that's why I was a little more aggressive on Ray than I normally would be in, say, like a snake draft. Uh, But I actually found myself realizing, like, wait, I like Robbie Ray a lot more than I used to. (laughs) And I don't think he's going to degrade this year like I did. So I actually have him at 35 or so. You're going to see an update on Tuesday, March 7th. It's going to have him, I think, in the top 30. So uh, I'm much more into Robbie Ray. Um, Yeah. And uh, and that's three pitchers right there that you should be able to bank on 600 strikeouts. uh, Obviously, health. Uh, always the the big asterisk uh and hopefully maybe 45 wins uh that might be a little bit on the high side 40 to 45 wins combined um yeah i'll say 35 i'd say it's a 35 win flourish like 12 yeah there you go something like that it's like good that feels that feels good to have as a starting basis yeah mariners are good phillies are good so you've you've put yourself with starting pitchers who are going to throw a lot of innings on good teams uh, who strike out a lot of batters and that uh, definitely I, I would want to spend $58 on that for sure. Um, so let me ask you real quick, since, since you said Ray was the mis- well, not necessarily a mistake, but more like, but um, just like a weird, uh, you know, an uh, area uh, of opportunity. Mess- if we're going gonna- to messed me up because I wasn't able to spend any more on starting pitching. The other starters that I got, um, $3, $1, $1, $2. And yeah. I knew I needed to get something in the closer realm. I really didn't want to, but I uh, Clay Holmes I had as a ten, and so did same with Bednar, and I spent mm-hmm. fifteen on them. I would have ideally liked to have spent like ten on that, and then had another five dollars for starters. I'm um, like Lance Lynn at ten went, and I was just so upset uh, from Gray Albright. I thought that was so good. Um, Drew Rasmussen went for eight. He was actually around for a long time. I was kind of hoping I can get him for like four or so. Did not happen. Um, there are a couple others that I, I'm sure I'm going to see him go. Oh yeah, duh, that guy was like, oh man. I mean, Logan Webb went for nine. Joe Ryan actually went up to ten. That was fine. Pablo Lopez for four. That was the one. And it was actually really funny. I had four dollars left as a max bid, and Ray Murphy says, "All right, read Detmers for four. I was like, "You got to be kidding," <laughs> you know. And like, come on, I can't. You know, everyone laughed in the room because they know that I'm in on Detmers. Um, I thought that was entertaining. But like, so so after I go after those three. Um, I got Holmes and Bednar. I was like, okay, cool. I have something in saves I need to do it. I'm a little scared of Holmes considering his injury history. Yeah. Um, but and the and Yankees Bednar's have a lot on. of, I feel like there's a lot of options in that Yankees bullpen. Yeah, uh, but they're going to go Holmes with Holmes falters. until he's, yeah, right. And hopefully well, I can I mean. jump like, on that. He's got that the first happens. shot for sure. And, and it, you know, there's a world in which Clay Holmes never relinquishes the role and gets 30 saves, has a great it's season. It's just about the injury uh, history to me, so. Yeah. We'll see there. And then uh, Bednar, yeah, the Pirates. But maybe he gets dealt midseason. Doesn't really, I don't know. We'll see what happens there. So what as I far like as filling Bednar, it out, yeah. He's a he's a really good pitcher. 
Um, you get a lot of relievers yeah. out there, a lot of closers out there that aren't great pitchers. Right. Uh, He's going to help in other things too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then Michael Kopech, I'm, I'm very much in on, um, I feel like the surgery is great. I, uh, and he should pitch really, really effectively. I, $3. I was super thrilled with that one. That was the one I was like, okay, I'm going to spend, I did one. Someone did two as a three. I'm going to get this Whitlock. I had one guy I could spend $2 on. And I was like, I heard Whitlock got nominated. I was like, okay, I'm going to do that too. Uh, I right. stole a little bit one. of gamesmanship there. Yeah. I, what I like and, about what you did at the back of your rotation is that you definitely went for upside with Kopech, oh, yeah. with Whitlock, one hundred percent. Maeda, Maeda coming back from injury, and people have you know completely forgotten how how good he threw uh, ninety four. He, he, he threw yeah. ninety four in the spring so far. I don't know what he did over the weekend, but Shamanai, if he does that, then all right. I, I mean, you'll see him jump up in the ranks tomorrow because of that. But yeah, it, it's I saw. Grayson Rodriguez go for six. I was really upset about that. Blake Snell for 10. These are both Doug Andersons. I was, oh man, I wish I could have jumped in on those. But at the same time, like Chris Javier for $20, like I'm, I like him, but at 20, I don't think I could jump in on that. Same for Zach Gallen. And I'm just comparing that to like, I got Zach Wheeler at $20. Um, right. So I feel, I felt much better about that. And then yeah, Kenta Maeda coming off of Tommy John. I'm, I'm so in to chase that one early. I uh, so I feel good with this and then I got oh boy I got my baby I got I got Nick Martinez and I am so amped about Nick Martinez I know no one is amped about Nick Martinez but I saw his command it shifted his approach sinkers inside to lefties with cutters coming back in command is there good breaking ball good change up like I think Nick Martinez is going to be is like the Merrill Kelly with more strikeouts this year uh, and get ready for that one. Win chances as well. The Padres, Lance McCullers, unlimited IL. I actually waited. It was I had my first pick of Garrett Mitchell. I had to correct the Abisail Garcia, <laughs> and then came all the way back around. So it's like the second last pick of the second round. And I asked the question like, "Hey, so unlimited IL, right? <laughs> just so we're clear, like I could just sift this back in and I get someone back, right?" As it was with I uh, with I assumed already with the Whitlock, and I was like, maybe that's wrong. And they're like, yeah, it's a great Lance McCullers. You know, <laughs> let me just stick that in there and get that value later on because it's a roto league. Um, Daniel Hudson for other um, saves possibility. I can just move Absolutely. on if it's not that. I love that one. Absolutely, could be. In and the then, mix for uh, sure. and then I throw in Yohan Mankata. and I, I get a sense. I mean, there was a panel there at a uh, first pitcher's own made a very compelling argument saying that new manager in Chicago. Maybe Mankata really struggled with La Russa and actually finds his form and steals bases and everything. And I thought, you know what? That's a really fun ceiling pick to make for my hitters. So I'll go with that one. And that was my draft, Miles. Yeah, all in all, I think uh, I think it's a very interesting team. I think the biggest thing looking at this is that it plays very much into your strengths of knowing that you are going to dominate pitching on the wire. You know that you're going to be uh, in the mix for everyone and you know where you're going to be targeting those guys. And so the fact that you only have three starting pitchers heading into the season that you, you probably, uh, my locks normally I say four. I said like, Hey, you gotta get yeah. four. I really have three. I really don't think I'm going to be dropping my eight or Kopech though, but uh, no, you I probably be. won't be, but yeah, I could probably be. won't be, there's but, a chance I am. Yeah. And it being a 12 teamer also makes it easier um, to jump in. By the way, I'm so upset that Ryan Hallam got Tyone in the reserves and oh I am I'm like kicking myself that I didn't if I if I took Mitchell in the draft I would have Tyone on that team <laughs> you know um 
But I, I mean, it's little things like that that can actually make a huge difference at this point to like really allow me yep. to, you know, as like Brandon fought, Tyon went in those reserves. Um, yeah, it's just I was so I was so close. But anyway, I'm excited for Tout now. I wanna, I wanna take everything I learned here. I'm I'm looking forward to Ariel Cohen's review of my team, and uh, hopefully it works out. So let's 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 leave it on on this. I want to ask you two final questions about your team. Sure. Of both your hitters and your pitchers, I want two picks. One one for hitter, one for pitcher. Mm-hmm. Who are your worst values? Who who do you look back on and 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 don't and you know what? Don't just say Robbie Ray because I we know that that's your answer for uh, for pitchers. Uh, going past Robbie Ray, who is your worst value for pitchers? Who is your worst value for hitters? Oh man, um, I think Semyon at twenty five isn't ideal. Um, mm-hmm. I I didn't really want to get you know like. Altuve went for 24, Torres went for 12. I mean, it's kind of hard to find a good value at second base that I felt really yeah. good at. So I, I was happy to have one that I felt like, all right, I'll at least get like a really good one for it. But it's not the best value there. I mean, um, so Chisholm goes for 27. So Taylor Ward is also up there at 17. Sure. Yeah, I get that, Miles. Um, on the the pitching side, I... I, I will always keep saying, like, do I ever really need to pay $23 for a starter? But I'll say, yes, this is what I want to do. Um, I would say $15 combined for Holmes and Bednar. Um, yeah. If there's a way that I could have manipulated that better uh, for saves, uh, I would have liked to. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I'm looking at the other ones now to really see, like, Felix Bautista for nine, I probably would have liked more. Even with this, the small injury scare I think he's going through now, he's got that job. And I compare that. Then I do that with like get Munoz at four dollars and something like, you know, along those lines. Yeah, it's really it's really difficult looking around the league to find closers that are that are decent. I'm not and not even just saying yeah. good, but like decent because, you know, even like Carlos Estevez goes for five and we don't even know if he's the closer in, in uh, sure. in Anaheim. LA. So. Yeah. Um, no Anaheim, uh, and, <laughs> uh, to your point on, on, you know, you didn't need to spend or, you know, you know, asking yourself, did I need to spend 23 on Luis Castillo? Only one team did not spend at least $20 on at least one pitcher. It, there, there were a lot of pitchers that went for $20 sure. plus. So it, it would have been very, uh, almost difficult, I it, think, uh, to get a roster where you didn't spend that kind of money on at least one. Pitcher. Right. So, it was interesting. Um, uh, Gray was without a starter for a long time. I think when I took Robbie Ray, he bet he bid 14 for Robbie Ray. And I just felt like that was wrong. So I took him 15 <laughs> before he had a starter. And I was kind of expecting him to go 16, but he didn't. And then I uh, and then he, but he he landed Darvish at 19, which is solid, Lean at 10, which is solid. Um so it worked out for Yeah, me. he was he was the one team that did not have a $20 pitcher, but he had Darvish at 19 and, and Valdez at 17. So not not far off. Uh sure. using 20 as an arbitrary cutoff number because it ends in a zero and I am yeah. a simple I mean, this, uh, human. One last thing I'm going to mention about the pitching in this draft. I look at the other I I just look at a lot of teams with like $3 or $4 or $5 pitchers and I look at Maeda and Kopech and Manaya at a total of $5. Five. And I think I don't really, there aren't other guys that I'm like, yeah, I, I wish I yeah, spent you, as many as them for them. You know, there's some that like, oh, that's a really good discount. Like Ray Murphy with Reed Demers and Pablo Lopez for $9 total. Throw in right. three more for Evaldi, but Evaldi also the side injury. $10 Chris Sale. Like that is actually, that's really fun. But I really do attest to this. So yeah, get like, spend like $55 on starting pitchers and then just do the rest in a 12-teamer. It's, I think, really do think it's the way to go. 
Yeah. And let's end on the happy note. I asked about your worst values. Who are your two best values? Who are the two players you got, one hitter, one pitcher, that you're like, oh, dude, I could not have done better. I can't believe all these idiots didn't bid higher for them. Look at me. I'm the best. I'm going to tell you it's Wheeler for $20. Um, I'm happiest about. There you go. And I mean, eighth ranked pitcher on your, Maeda, on your list. Yeah, as of- Maeda at $1 too is pretty ridiculous to me. That should not happen. Um, and it's funny. Everyone was waiting for me to do it. And like Eric Cross <laughs> said, like, there it is. Cause like the night before I, uh, there was a debate between Eflin or Maeda for Gray's TGFBI team. And some mm-hmm. said like, it's Eflin. I was like, I think you're going to like Maeda more. And he goes, and he took Maeda because he wanted to blame me at the end, which is wonderful. Um, <laughs> there you go. And then on the hitting side, I mean, Baez at $3 is like, that. I needed that. Mm-hmm. I, I needed a middle infielder. And to get Baez at $3 that I was like, cool, I'm good with this, um, was really, really opening for me to uh, to kind of get like $7 Bednar then. Um, so it helped out a lot. And that's my favorite I, point, surprisingly. I, I actually, I think for me, I think your your best value is Ty France at four dollars. Um, yeah, that's especially good. when I you mean, look. Yeah, when you look and you see CJ Crone for eleven and Christian Walker for eight, uh, Nate Lowe for thirteen. Not, not that the France is necessarily Christian Walker as good at as eight these guys. Nice, though I had him like a. It 15. is nice, but I I don't I I don't think he's four dollars more than France. Nice. I don't think uh I don't think Nate Lowe is triple France's price. You know, so I just when sure. you're looking at first base, you're looking at all these heavy hitters that people have. Uh, I think you'll be surprised. I think, I think that you're generally going to find a value at first base. It's often what happens is there are a lot of them. So they, they do yeah. traditionally fall like Josh Bell at six and Mount castle at six versus Ty France at four. Yeah. I'm like, Oh man. Oh, man. I wasn't going to mention those. Cause I like those better than those France at so four. But... I do too. Uh, and that's just, just generally what happens. These Christian Walker at eight is under value, right? Um, is is profit there's there's going to be profit at the first base position yeah. in some fashion um, which does yep. in some way make me think like do i need to get matt olson can i like can i spend up on third base and send try to get that because i expect the profit that i don't know you know it's it's an interesting you, thing. you did a great job with your team uh this is a great warm-up for you to get ready for tout in a couple of weeks uh and 15 team you have to learn more hitters nick you're gonna have to get deeper with with hitters it's, and, it's and learn more names it. uh well but, but anyway miles at the top of this yeah. as you said at the top of this just to bring it all the way back you don't need to know exactly who they are you just need to know where the profit is just got it uh, so you don't profit, actually need guys. to learn yep don't need to learn any more hitters you just got to find the profit nick so I know we went a little bit long on this one. Um, thanks a lot, Miles, for uh, for stepping in for Alex Fast. Um, and uh, But that's going to do it for this edition of the On the Corner podcast. On behalf of Miles Nelson, my name is Nick Pollock, and we'll talk to you guys next week. 